Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Lara. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. Too many people put too much emphasis on setting proper expectations. But honestly, the truth is we need to do our best to remove all expectations out of our lives and out of all the lives of the people around us. Yeah, I think a lot of us can say that at one point or another, we've been let down, disappointed or unimpressed by an expectation that we had in our own minds um, that someone didn't live up to. We may expect someone to show up or to think or behave in a certain way that we would. um, And then when they don't, we get upset. And often we don't even realize that we are setting these expectations in our minds because they're so ingrained in our own being that we can't imagine how other people wouldn't show up in the same way that we would. So what we need to do, and this, this applies at work, especially if you lead a team, or even if you're working with the person above you, it applies to a marriage, it applies to a friendship, it applies to anything that you do that involves other people. Right. Even as a parent setting um, clear agreements with your children. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to remove all expectations and replace them with agreements. Because I know the first thought a lot of people have, if I remove expectations, the team's not going to perform or, you know, we're not going to be on the same page. No, you remove the expectation and you replace it with an agreement. So why is an expectation bad? See, an expectation is bad because an expectation naturally causes people to rebel. And that's because an expectation pushes the blame to one person. It pushes all the blame to the other person. And let's be honest, nobody likes blame imposed upon them. See, expectations have two outcomes. If you don't meet the expectation, what you do is you create shame. So if you set an expectation on somebody else or they don't fulfill your expectation, you do nothing but create shame for that person. You're not creating anything positive. You're lowering their energy levels. And if they do meet the expectation, honestly, create nothing. There's not a huge amount of joy that comes from meeting an expectation because it was expected that you would do it anyway, right? See, because expectations are a fear tactic. They rely on people being so scared of what will happen if they don't make it, right? And we don't want to impose fear in the teams around us, the relationships that we have, or especially a marriage. You don't want to impose fear that if you don't meet the expectation, there's going to be negative consequences, What you would rather do is bring about agreements that you both can fulfill. See, it's going to keep lowering the amount of energy and it's going to keep creating that rebellion. And honestly, if you're a leader and you're walking around with expectations for whoever you're leading, you're creating more chaos than you're solving. And I think, too, not only pushing the blame onto one person, you're also pushing all the responsibility onto one person. And think, for example, like in a marriage, all the responsibility can't be on just one part of the party. You know, there has to be an equal shared responsibility between the two of you. So let's replace that expectation with agreements because nobody naturally likes to break an agreement. See, agreements create a mutual respect. 
whereas the other one creates blame or creates responsibility for one person. This creates a mutual respect and an agreement between two people or more. I will also say, too, that an agreement is also like a promise. And who likes breaking a promise? See, an agreement also has two outcomes, right? If they don't fulfill an agreement and say they break it, whereas an expectation creates shame, if you break an agreement, what you do is you create another agreement, you know, and then you start back over. But at least you're not creating shame and lowering their energy. But on the flip side, like when I said you create, when you actually fulfill an expectation, you create nothing, right? Because you were expected to do it. But when you fulfill that agreement, you're creating joy and you're creating value in that other person. There's nothing more powerful and nothing that'll gain momentum faster than joy and value that you produce from fulfilling certain agreements. And the thing is, is agreements are created and co-authored, I guess you would say, by everybody involved, whether that's a party of two, a party of three, or more. So these agreements put everyone's best interest at the forefront, and they all allow you know, for a better and more desirable outcome for everybody, not just for one person. And I think it's really important that you create very clear agreements yes. because honestly, most drama, if you think back to any drama that you've had in your life or any kind of chaos, whether it be at work or your friendships or your family, most drama is created from an unclear or an unkept agreement. So both parts are very important. You have to be clear on them and you have to be willing to keep them and follow through. And Nate, I have even heard you talk about at work how you might have a coworker or someone complaining about the team that they lead or complaining about how someone didn't show up or even outside of work, you know, having family members who complain about someone else in the way that they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And what it boils down to is that they had an expectation for that person and didn't even convey or show or share those expectations with that person. So how is that person supposed to live up to those expectations if they didn't even know that they were a thing? We talk about clear agreements. You know, what exactly is a clear agreement? A clear agreement has three components, and all three components need to be crystal clear by both parties, not just one, and none of the three should be ever be assumed because anytime one of these three are assumed, it's an unclear agreement, and more than likely it's going to end in drama because the agreement's not going to be fulfilled to its fullest potential. So the first one is who. Who is the agreement with? Now keep in mind agreement's going to take at least one person, right? Because you can make an agreement with yourself, but more often than not, it's going to take two people. And sometimes more than that, sometimes you're going to make an agreement with a whole team of people at one time. So who is part of the agreement is supposed to be very clear. If I'm making an agreement with Laura that I'm going to do something, say, take out the trash or cook dinner that night, it's very clear that I made that agreement with Laura, you know, and then what, what is the task at hand? And how do you do it? You know, the what has to be explained in detail sometimes, unless you want room for, you know, creative thought or whatever. Sometimes the agreements, you leave extra space for that. But we need to be really clear on what is the outcome and what is the goal that we're trying to achieve. The third one is the one that people usually either skip or get way too vague on. And that's the clarity around the time that the agreement is supposed to take. There needs to be a time set in place. When we do things without a time span, then that's where an expectation comes in part. That's when an expectation actually intervenes into our agreement, right? You know, if I say, Laura, I make an agreement to do this, but I never put a time stamp to it, well, two weeks might go by and I still haven't done it. 
because in my head, I'm going to do it in a month, but in her head, I was going to do it in a week. And now there's drama or chaos created because we didn't have a clear agreement on that time. See, a lot of people also want to keep time very vague because they're worried about not meeting the deadline. So they'll say vague things like by the end of the day. Well, a work environment like mine, if I make an agreement with a technician to have something by the end of the day, well, their end of the day is six, but my end of the day is seven. So when is it actually going to be? And are they going to have to wait around for it? See, it's not clear. It has to be a very clear time stamp on the agreement. Something that my dad has always said to me too, and something that he's modeled in his own world and in business is when you're setting an agreement to under promise and over deliver. So for example, if you think in your mind, oh yeah, I can definitely get that done by tomorrow at whatever, you know, maybe you tell them, hey, I'm able to get it done three days from now. Just so they are under the understanding that, okay, three days from now I should have it. And then so tomorrow when he gives it to them, he has well over delivered himself and set him up set himself up for success to be that person who is reliable and who meets deadlines. And when you're doing this and creating a specific time period, don't use words like as soon as possible. Yeah. Because as soon as possible to some people is the next 30 seconds and as soon as possible to some people is two weeks. Within the year. <laughs> yeah. So don't use vague things like that. You have to be detailed with that time span. I wouldn't even use words like when Laura says three days from now, her dad will actually say like three days from now at 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> like it's there's a specific time that there's an agreement made that they're going to reach it at that time. Yep. Right. And if you get it sooner, perfect. Great. No one's upset about you having it sooner. But if you say three days and they're hoping at eight o'clock in the morning and you're thinking 5 p.m., there's going to be a few hours there that they're worried you're not going to fulfill it or there are going to be a few hours that they're frustrated with you and creating extra drama that's just not necessary when we could have you know, took care of it right in the beginning of making the agreement. And I also think, too, when it comes to discussing deadlines or a timeline of things, I think it's also good to discuss potential areas where there might be a roadblock um, as to why the completion may not happen right away, you know, so talk, talk about those things, talk through every roadblock possibility that there could be that way, both parties are under the same understanding in its entirety. And keep in mind, especially when you're leading people. So whether you're a parent trying to lead your child or whether you're a leader at work and you're leading people or whether you're just leading a team in a volunteer, it doesn't matter when you're leading people, I find it's best to create agreements by asking questions, asking for the agreement. A good example is someone um, who has an, a teenage child. Um, I was talking to them about agreements and expectations. They're like, actually, it worked really well with my son because they said their son wanted to go out one Saturday night and go out with friends. And they usually told him, be back by 10, right? And then their son always wanted to push it and he'd show up at 1030 and be like, oh, it wasn't that much later. Instead, he said, hey, what time can you be back by? And his son said 1030. He's like, okay, awesome. Because in his mind that night, he was going to let him go out to 11 or 12. But realistically, he was going to stay up yeah. until he got <laughs> home because he wanted to make sure he was okay. So when his son ten th said 1030, that was above what he More was going to okay. say. Yeah. So always ask the questions. Because keep in mind, agreements, they can either say, you can either say yes to them because an agreement takes a yes from both parties, right? You can say no to it or you can renegotiate it. 
So for instance, if you're leading a group at work and you want to have a project done, I'll often ask a, ask a team, you know, when can you have this done by? And if they say Thursday, but I need it on Wednesday, I'll tell them, you know, Thursday would be plenty of time to work on it. Is there any way we can have it sooner? I could get it done by Wednesday. Okay, perfect. So you can negotiate it back down to where you want, but what you're doing by asking the questions, helping them think for themselves, helping them generate insight about creating more agreements and sticking to an agreement, and you're making them part of the agreement more. Because sometimes when you make an agreement, but you tell them I need it by this time, that's pushing an expectation. Questions help form agreements, not statements. And also, there might be instances where you may need to provide help in order for this agreement to come to completion. So don't think just because you set an agreement, okay, now all the responsibilities on them. Depending on the scenario, you might need to do your part and help as well. I think it's important that you realize when you're leading people or when you're trying to lead your kids, when you're asking questions, you're empowering them, right? You're helping them make choices on their own and and helping guide them how to make proper choices rather than, because they, they know the consequence, right? If we bring about expectations, expectations rely on the consequence when agreements rely on the person's integrity and the person's ability to follow through and they rely on the joy that we create. And honestly, I've seen a lot more people chase after joy than run away from fear. Eventually people are going to get tired of running away from fear, but they're always going to chase after what makes them joyful and what makes them feel valuable. So I think it's important that when we're asking these questions, we are guiding them as best we can, but helping them create as much as possible. The best thing about agreements is that it does create that mutual respect between everybody involved. Yeah, because an agreement where we set expectations fear-based, an agreement is relationship-based. Yeah. Because when you have more agreements, you're building a stronger relationship between you and that person, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a marriage, or whether it be a coworker or an employee with an employer. You want to build that trust, and agreements help build that trust, whereas expectations, you feel like that person's always out to get you and that person's waiting for you to trip up basically. Now, I know it's very important to have clear agreements, but it's just as important to have kept agreements, to actually follow through on those agreements. Because like I said, drama is created by unclear or unkept agreements. So let's talk about integrity because your integrity is your ability to keep agreements. And what do you do when you break agreements, right? See, a bunch of studies show different levels of integrity of average people, but when you average it all out, the data usually shows most people have an integrity level of less than 50%. That means that you break over half the agreements that you make. And a lot of times they're broken because they're unclear. Hmm. Getting clear on the agreements is the first step to keeping more agreements because you know exactly what you're supposed to do, right? And then the second part is actually putting in the work to do it. When you are considered in high integrity, it's about 75 to 80% of your agreements kept. That means 20 to 25% of your agreements are still going to be broken. See, there's going to be times where things come up that you're going to break an agreement. Let's, for obviously, Laura's pregnant, right? If I have an agreement to help a customer at work or to help an employee at work and Laura goes into labor, I want to break that agreement <laughs> with that with that employer, with that customer. But there are certain times that, yes, there's something more important that intervenes and you have to break an agreement. But it's important on what you do when you break an agreement. And I think it's also good to know when it's okay to break an agreement. You know, is it life or death? You know, me going into labor, yes, that's that's essential for for my husband to be there with me. But there are other things that we may consider is a better 
um, our bigger priority when really it's not. We should have kept our first agreement in the first place. So it's really good to get very specific about the difference because it is black and white. There is a direct line between the two. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to make a judgment call, and this is going to be your own moral compass and your own judgment call of whether something is more important than something else. But honestly, you're going to have to live with the consequences either way. Now, I've already pre-warned my work, you know, obviously I've already made that agreement with work that when Laura goes into labor, I'm leaving. And obviously they're fine with that. So it's all about making the other agreements ahead of time, right? You talked about weighing out different things that could interrupt the agreement. Hey, I'll make this agreement, but if this happens, you know, it's going to be interrupted. So what do we do when we break an agreement though? We acknowledge the fact that we broke the agreement with the other people or the other person in the agreement. You first acknowledge it. So if I break an agreement with Laura, the first thing I'm going to do is, Laura, I broke this agreement. Because to be honest, most people aren't looking for an I'm sorry or an apology. They just want you to own it. Right. They want you to take the responsibility that I broke this. And then what you do is you create another agreement. And for some people, that's the hardest part is just owning up to the fact that they missed the mark and, you know, messed up. That's that 20, 25 percent of the time when you break the agreement, acknowledge it own it. People aren't looking for a sob story or an I'm sorry or a bunch of excuses. They want you to say, yeah, I broke it. You can tell them sometimes why. Sometimes it's not even necessary. Yeah, I broke it, but I want to make another agreement with you. I want to get back in integrity that I'm going to have that done by this time. So you did your who, what, and when all over again for another very clear agreement. So that way you can stick to it. And then on the flip side too, when you're living in that 75, 80% and you're fulfilling agreement after agreement after agreement, you start to build that momentum. Because let's remember, when you fulfill an agreement, it creates joy and it creates value. So you're continuing to create a bunch of small victories that ultimately create a long-term joy, create a long-term value. And it's that snowball effect where you're gaining momentum and momentum. So do your best as you go into the rest of your day or as you go into the rest of your week, whether it's in work or whether you're going your way home right now, replace all the expectations you have with agreements. And I've actually found, especially in the workplace, this is one of the easiest ways to establish credibility, especially in a leadership position. There's two ways to establish credibility. One is expertise and the other one is a high level of integrity. And that comes from making agreements and fulfilling agreements. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new, that you feel challenged and leave inspired. If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you. Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens. And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.